0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies Broadcast, it's season 5, it's episode 2, my name is Luke Hatfield, I'm currently in shorts and a vest, I am that hot, Uh, and I'm joined by a man who is probably wearing similar attire, but I tell you what, still can't figure out a ground picture, that welcoming tweet to any ground, Mr Joe Massey.
1: Um, Well first, thank you, well thank you, yeah thank you hello, Uh, first of all I am in similar attire but I'm wearing a t-shirt mate. Because um, I'm not sure a vest is ever really acceptable.
0: At home?
1: Yeah, I can safely, I can, I can categorically say I do not own a vest. Really? Yeah, and I can pretty much guarantee I'll get through life without ever buying one.
0: Oh, you know what, I'm getting you for your birthday now.
1: <laughs> mate, I've not got the physique for it. I really have not got the physique for it.
0: It doesn't matter in this weather, mate. <laughs> does not matter one bit. Comfort over fashion for me um do you wanna do you wanna open up on on, on your on your your woking ground picture because I think everyone saw it everyone who listens to this will know the running joke with you and your ground pictures. you just can't seem to get them right and pre season's no different
1: Do you think everyone does
0: know oh yeah, hundred percent everyone knows now
1: i'm gonna restart my phone and see if I can actually find out what um make what model it is just because I'm so annoyed about it. I think we should just publicly shame it but. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean I can't believe it happened again. Obviously last season I started I, I took the odd ground picture that went the wrong way, didn't it, on Twitter. I posted it and it was like Upside down. Upside down. And then it seems Galaxy A forty I've got is absolute rubbish. Absolutely. Oh, it's, it's a work phone. I said this before. I don't pay for it at some point like I actually had a work phone and a personal, I had an iPhone and a work phone. I never used a work phone and I was like, no. You've got to work from there. There's no point in paying 30 quid a month for whatever, 40 quid a month for what I was paying for my phone. So I got rid of it and just took this work phone. But, ah, oh, it's rubbish, mate. Absolutely rubbish. Um, yeah, and for some reason, it keeps tweeting it the wrong way. So I, the, what is so annoying is, at Woken, I got took the picture, because like you're at Woken, it's a bit different as well, isn't it? First friendly in front of fans. 40, yeah. Need to do a picture here, really. Um... And then it came up on my on on the phone wrong. It came up like the wrong way, but I didn't. Re- but you could correct it. I was like, oh right, okay. Well, if this is going to happen, I'll just correct it and then carry on. So I corrected it and then tweeted it, and it had flipped the other way. Oh mate, um, you you generally thought I'd done it on purpose. Didn't
0: yeah, you? I thought you were playing to the crowd by this point. It's become okay. such a running joke that I thought you'd you'd bought into it, and I thought that's smart of him. That's smart. He won't get any stick for it if he means it. But that, yeah, did-
1: no. No, I didn't mean it.
0: I tell you what, I can't wait to we're at a game, mate. Oh, I can't wait for that ground picture.
1: Yeah, I just, well, I'm I'm in fear now, like, of, um, I can't, I'm back to being fearful of doing it. I had a spell <laughs> where I was, got back, it was fine, but, like, I went to the Shrewsbury game last night, Shrewsbury-Hereford, um, covering for Lewis, who was off, and I didn't have the bottle to take a picture, because I knew it would what? go the wrong way, mate. I knew it would just be wrong, so I just thought, ah, oh, forget it forget oh, it mate. At, we're back oh, to those days no more ground pictures just a boring tweet saying I've arrived you know
0: what I say about bad workmen mate
1: yeah true mate blame the at I Need you to get back in games and I just can retweet you because I did that a couple of times last season
0: yeah you you love doing that you can't Take get a retweet wrong can you
1: no that's true
0: I imagine if you did oh that would be brilliant if you got a retweet <laughs> wrong I don't know how you would but it would be brilliant um, let's get on to it then because um, you you were at Woking. obviously we all know what um, you were there um, not a bad start to pre-season, a 1-0 win. Admittedly, you know, it's, it's it's silly to kind of judge results in these games. But what did you make of the performance in general?
1: Um, I thought it was interesting, really. I thought, it's like pre-season games, when you're in this job, can they sort of... Um, I always look forward to the first one, always really look forward to it. And then mm. after that, the sort of... They do, because they are like processions, they do become, there's obviously so many changes and the, and the managers are looking at so many different things and they, they do get quite boring, really, if we're being honest. Um, but I'm only doing that one because um, I'm off for the next 10 days. Yeah, I know. Um, so, but it was genuinely intriguing because obviously it was Ismail's first game um, and just sort of like answered a few questions. Really, it, Well, it answered an awful lot of questions. In terms of the performance, first and foremost, the thought Albion played not really well but they played well and and what you could see you could you could absolutely see what they were trying to do mm. um it was the first question was answered in the sense that they played 3-4-3 three, three. look we were all expecting it we were all expecting them to be 3-4-3 three, three, but you never actually know do you that whether Ismail was going to like stick to the exact same system he played at Barnsley but he did um it was 343 free. there was there was they were clearly under instruction to get the ball forward quickly they were clearly under instruction to get the ball wide mm. um, both livermore and Mowat were sort of and the center backs really as well were sort of pinging balls out to to the wing backs um you could it was it was abundantly clear that was an instruction it wasn't just part of that game or how how that game was unfolded they and were, they were they were clearly being told to do that and they, they, the truth is, up front they were just a little bit, just a little bit rusty. They were all bright. Grady, Carlin Grant, and Matt Phillips were all really bright, and mm. you'd, you'd say they'd all played, they all played well, um, but they were just a little bit rusty, just a little bit, just marginally off it. Because time and time again they got into dangerous positions, and they just overhit the pass, or they overhit the cross, or they didn't pick out the person with, like, with the cross or something, and you just thought. If they play exactly the same way, in three weeks' time, they'd probably score four or five. Yeah, you'd imagine. Um, but yeah, they were just a little bit sort of rusty. But there was, there was an awful lot of promise in the performance. I thought you could really see the team's DNA, if you like. You can really see that Ismail is getting his his ideas across and 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 sort of how are we going to set up this season.
0: And that's the important thing, isn't it? Because. I think with everyone seeing Ishmael come in and the style of play, it's important to kind of nail down that that style. Are you you impressed by just how quickly he's managed to do that, admittedly with a squad which isn't complete yet?
1: Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, so more, I am impressed-ish, yeah. I mean, you could tell there was, Albion was sort of, when I'm saying they were that final ball was missing and stuff, that was very much the, sort of the first thirty minutes. First, they started really well, mm. and then you could tell he was getting really frustrated in like the latter, like from minute like thirty to minute forty-five. They weren't quite doing what he wanted on the ball. They weren't playing the passes he wanted them to play, um, and the game sort of did fizzle out a little bit in that time. And he did get frustrated, and he he was sort of, yeah, he was shouting and screaming a little bit and sort of, he, he was just a bit agitated, but that'll come on. It was literally game one. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so nice to see that he was so clear on what he wants and how he wants them to do them. I've got to say in terms of him, so this would probably be one of the questions I'd imagine, but so I spoke to a couple of people now, I, we mentioned this on the podcast last week, like how he's made such a really good impression. Mm. Um, and I spoke. To, I spoke to some other people since who have had brief dealings with him, or brief dealings with some of the players. And the message is like incredible. Albion's players are, are bought into him so quickly. I think that's what that's what I'm really impressed with. I'm yeah. really impressed with how together they seem and how behind him they seem, because he's he Ismail as a ride of a point to prove. It, I mean, look, he's, he did he did well at LSK in Austria. Um, LAS Glasgow, whatever you call him in Austria and they obviously got him of the Europa League groups and but but I think but he's, but the truth is he's a relative unknown in this country, isn't he? Um but the exception of eleven months at Barnsley, I'd I'd be amazed if anyone listening to this podcast had heard of him. Really. Yeah. I mean we knew alright, he played for Palace, um but he, he, he's got a point to prove. He's, the Albion job's the biggest job he's ever had. And when you go into a job like that, you have to win the players' round and you have to prove that you're you're the man for the job. But there just doesn't seem to be any doubt whatsoever um, that he has done that. They are really, really buying into him. They feel... They sit, like, from what I gather, they're really confident.
0: Mm-hmm. Like they're,
1: they're really, really confident of having a successful season. Um, yeah, they're just... That they're, re- that they're enjoying it. They're enjoying having that clear structure, that clear where of play and being told exactly what's expected of them. Um, yeah, I can't say it any other way really other than that I'm sort of surprised. Yeah, that's the best way of putting it is I'm surprised by the reviews I'm getting. I'm surprised mm. how positive they are because they're like glowing really. They're absolutely glowing. Um, so it's interesting. Look, it's a long way to go. Long old season going to be interesting to see how they actually go when the competitive stuff starts but yeah I mean so far so good um,
0: yeah the signs are certainly good aren't they yeah and
1: there's lots of encouraging noises coming out of the club
0: yeah and, and one of those noises has, has been that of, of Jake Livermore obviously didn't feature as much as he would have wanted to uh, particularly second half of last season after after Big Sam came in is is he a player you think is going to really embrace playing under Ishmael
1: yeah, I think so. I think look, everyone knows probably I've got a soft spot for Jake Livermore. Uh, I just think he's a genuinely decent human being, um, to be honest. I think he's a really good guy. Um, but he was fantastic in the last promotion winning season. Uh, up till March, he, was, he, he, was, he rivaled Mateus Pereira for player of the season. I think at that point, if you ended the season then, if I hadn't come back after the, the, the suspension due to COVID, I think he could probably would have won it. And um, it would have been very, very close. Um mm. between him. Last season, very, very disappointing one for him and the club, there's no doubt about it. But first and foremost, I think he's yeah, I think he's tailored for Ismail's way of playing. And in a midfield two, in a 3-4-3 you need players who have got energy and can get box to box. And Livermore can do that. He was that that is his game basically. He looked mm. he he looks fantastic. I mean he looked I interviewed him after the game and he's he's in unbelievable shape, he really is. Um and I have to say, that interview was very, very telling. Um, it really was telling. I mean, I've put a story out about it after the game where he said, um, basically, Valerian Ismail has got Albion's players smiling again. He, he said, they've, they've, they've got a manager who actually believes in them or fi- finally they've got a manager who actually believes in them. Mm. Um, and look... Livermore did not meant did not say the word Sam Allardyce in the interview. He did not say those words. Um, but I interviewed him with with Steve Madeley from the Athletic, and we both walked away and immediately looked at each other and said, "Well, he's not having Sam Allardyce. He wasn't having Sam Allardyce." And there were more quotes which backed that up. Um, mm-hmm. Steve, we've sort of, we're gonna they're gonna be, Steve's doing a piece in the Athletic, which will be out later this week, I think, and we'll use them as well. But Look, it's not the biggest shock in the the world, is it? Let's be honest. Jake Livermore didn't play under Sam Allardyce, really. He he became a fringe player under him, having been so impressive the year before. So a player who didn't play under a manager not really having a lot of positive things to say about that manager isn't isn't really the biggest story in the world. But there was no doubt about it that, in my opinion, and the impression Jake gave after speaking was how much happier he is now, how much happier other players are. Um... And how he feels they lacked direction last season, mm-hmm. and also that when he says actually believe he, he, he talked about being like positive and stuff, and I think he felt that maybe Albion were too negative last season. They were too defensive, sat back too many, too much under under Sam. I don't know. So it's interesting because um, look, I think like a lot of people, I I thought Albion improved under Sam dice last season. Um, and, uh, and we saw everyone about whether or not he should stay on, didn't they? But I think in hindsight, it, it, is, it is, look, there will be players who really enjoy playing under him. I, I haven't spoken to any other players this summer, so Carl Bartley, for example, pro- he, he got better under him, Connor Townsend did, mm-hmm. Daniel Furlong did, but you look at the likes of Grady Dean Garner, Carlin Grant, um, Livermore, Sam going, has to be in their best interest, and I think all three of those players are going to thrive under mm. Um, I really, I just, really
0: do. I was just going to say that, Dean Garner and Grant, two players who are going to be absolutely vital this season, especially if Pereira does, does depart, um, like we all expect him to. Those two players are going to be absolutely crucial, and, and getting them singing off the, the hymn sheet, so to speak, and playing week in, week out, you never know just how much production you're going to get out of those players. Colin Grant, for example, his Albion career has never really kicked off, really struggled. And at that part of that was down to him playing as a, as an out-and-out striker under Bilic and then being in and out of the side. But now you're going to see him at his best on that left flank, I think, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I think so, yeah. we'll Yeah, I think he'll, he'll maybe float between the left and maybe in like a number 10 role, maybe. I'm not sure. Him and Colin Robertson... Um, Because we've said before, sometimes Ismail plays 3 4 3, but he mixes it up. Sometimes he puts a number 10 in there, sometimes he puts two number 10s in there. Sometimes I think what in all, I keep saying they've played three games because I'm counting the Salford one, which was I think was three 45 minute matches. But from what we gather so far, in all the outings, he's played a 3 4 3, as you kind of would expect. with... Dean Garner and Carlin Grant thats like, inverted wingers, either side of mm. Matt Phillips. We need to talk about Matt Phillips as well, as, as, but we'll get to Strikers at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think they'll all, uh, all thrive in that role. I'm told, that, obviously, yesterday, Albion played a friendly against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I'm told Albion were brilliant, you know. I've heard that from multiple people, that they absolutely played Sheffield Wednesday off the park.
0: Judging by the coverage um, on, on Twitter with the tweets that the club put out, it sounded like it was all Albion.
1: Yeah, I think it was, they absolutely battered them. And I'm told Dean Garner was absolutely sensational. Um, So just more encouraging signs. Um, Yeah, really, I think even without Mateus Pereira, who of course we'll get to, um, Albin looked really well-stocked in those areas, don't they? Like the inverted winger area Mm -hmm. that Ismail really likes. So yeah, promising.
0: Yes, certainly is, and and you mentioned it there. Albion 2, Sheffield Wednesday nil. Um, yeah, I mean by all accounts a very good performance. It was behind closed doors, so there were no fans there. Um, but one player we did see in a in a in a central striker role as as we did in the first game against Woking, uh, Matt Phillips. It's, it really bugs me because before in the first podcast I was thinking of mentioning Matt Phillips as a potential to play there, um, and I thought. I I thought and maybe not mentioning it and now I feel a bit stupid because I would have come off, you know, like a tactical genius.
1: And that's rare, isn't it?
0: Uh, very rare for me, very mate, rare. you know my predictions.
1: Very rare. Well, it's interesting because So it's... I I I'll hold hands up and say I, Matt Phillips Pen as a central striker has come of as a complete surprise to me. Um uh, you got to remember I've only covered Albion for 2 years, so Yeah. I've seen him as... I've always seen him as a winger. I've I've always thought he could probably do a job in central midfield. And like I think we said on the last podcast, could he be like sort of a backup option to, if Darnell Furlong gets injured at right wing back um, next season? But So speaking to people at Albion, apparently Tony Pulis was very keen to experiment with him as a central striker. Um, he felt like he's got all the attributes needed there to to play there I don't think it ever really happened Yeah, he, he has had a bit of a run up front for Scotland a game or two yeah um, where he played. but um, yeah apparently um, yeah I mean look he's got he's a, he's, he's a decent finisher Matt Phillips when you think of the amount of chances he actually gets compared to the amount of chances he converts his conversion rate will be pretty good I'd imagine yeah. he's fairly quick he's strong he's direct he's half decent in the air he's a physical presence when you go through when you like tick the boxes of what you want from a number nine he has actually got an awful lot of the attributes um, so and, and he scored two goals against Sheffield Wednesday two um, Tuna when Matt Phillips got them both so that's very very interesting sometimes you get these moments in football don't you where a new manager comes in and just sees something different in players um, can't think of any like Nathan Ferguson Nathan Ferguson yeah well yeah he was always yeah because he was a centre-back wasn't he
0: yeah, centre back looked look to be getting loaned out. Bilic thought, "No, one minute, we don't need her. We don't need another fullback."
1: Yeah, that's right. You're a full. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's an example. Yeah, good example. Yeah. Um. So there, instances like this happen. Um. Hey, I'd look, as it, as we as we stand there now. I think Matt Phillips is an intriguing option up front. Are Albin going to buy a striker this window? Yes, they are. Is he going to be? Albion's number nine in the new season. Probably not. He's not going to be the number one striker at Albion next season. But, Albion, potentially, like we've said, when i said all along, I think Albion need to buy two strikers. Maybe they don't. Maybe they need to buy one. Mm. Um, and Matt Phillips can play there. And it, Matt Phillips, maybe, maybe it can, if we assume Kenneth Zahaw leaves, which maybe he won't, I don't know, but I, I assume he will. Um, Maybe Albion buyer number nine and Matt Phillips and Callum Robinson and Carlin Grant back him up for the central striker role. Um, with Matt Phillips as number two it looks like at the minute but I don't think that would be disastrous. I really don't.
0: No I wouldn't I wouldn't either and, and like you said he is versatile. He could well. I mean we've seen him in midfield before. Um, I think he played there in a 4-3-3. In a three, three. It might have been under Darren Moore if I remember rightly. He can Play right wing back, and and like you said, we, we know he's capable of playing in in a wide position. So he's certainly a good option for Ishmael to have, particularly if he can find his form. Because when Phillips is on it, particularly at championship level, he's a real threat.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's the season when I mean, last one I would talk about that a lot at the minute. But from like the start of the season till sort of like January time, December time, I can't remember when he was he was fantastic. He was absolutely fantastic, mm. uh, and then he dipped, and you have to say he dipped for quite a long time. Um, but then he, he, then he sort of got back to it, didn't he? Under, under Sam, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, if you're going to try something, you're going to try it. It's best to try it in pre-season, isn't it? Um, yeah. And they're trying it. There's no doubt about it. They're trying it. And I, I thought he was good against Woking. Uh, I thought his movement was good. I thought he was a bit unlucky. With one or two passes he played, trying to get other people in there just a little bit over here. But he played well. Sheffield Wednesday's gone and got himself a brace. Um, it, as we sit in now, it's definitely something to persist with, I'd say. Yeah. It's definitely stuff something to continue looking at. So, and I'm sure it's a real like friendlies do get a bit dull, but in the one in the games coming up, that's definitely something for everyone to keep the tabs on. Really, like how, how well does Matt Phillips do in that central striker position?
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do um, against Watford because Woking, obviously, you know, they're they're a fair few steps down. Sheffield Wednesday, uh, they've had a tough season. They're in what League One now. Um, So Watford are the first like team we were above 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 Albion's rank, so to speak, at the moment. So I'm really interested to see how they do. Yeah. Uh, in a game like that of course pre-season is pre-season you never know Watford might be god awful in a pre-season game and then have a decent season but on paper it's the first team above Albion's rank uh, so I'm really interested to see how they do there. Um, who else is impressed um, Alex mower is one that I think everyone's really looking forward to seeing when, when competitive action starts but he, he's, he's been an integral player for Ishmael before you've had a chance to see him in the flesh now on the park what, what, what have you made of him?
1: Yeah, yeah. well look, I, feel, I mean, I think he's a fantastic player, I think he's going to be a real threat for Albion from the edge of the box, from set players, I think he's going to be, He, he, he was, I mean look, he was okay at Woken, um, yeah, he spread the ball about, alright, he, he, was, he was okay, yeah, he wasn't poor, yeah. he was a 6 out of 10 at woking. I'd say, mm. Um so it's only one game, isn't it? But look, I'm I'm absolutely expecting massive things from him. I think he's. I said on the podcast last week. I think he's the, he is literally the hottest free agent in the championship this summer. I think he's a fantastic signing. I think he does it all. Really, everything you want from a central midfielder. Um, and I th- I think he'll be a fan favorite. I do.
0: Yeah. Um, and one man I wanted to bring up, Joe, Kevin Castro. Uh, if, I hope I pronounced his first name right there.
1: Yeah,
0: he's a player who has obviously come in. I think a lot of people are expecting him to go into under twenty threes, but he seems a very confident lad. Um, And he's—he's—I mean, there's some quotes which could maybe get taken out of context in the future. But I think it's fair to say that his attitude is certainly one of he wants to improve. Is he a man you think could potentially play a role in the first team this season? I mean, I know you're only judging off one one viewing though.
1: I think the answer, if anyone else was manager, no. Mm. But but I think with Ismail, he's got a chance. Um, just because of Ismail's background, we know he's... Look, there's a few players, from what I'm told, he, he really... He, he's so... I mean, he said at the press conference, and he, he doesn't need the best players, he needs his type of players. Mm. And from what I gather now, he's so... He just knows exactly what he wants from every position and from each player in that position. That, and it's quite unique to him, really, what he wants in those roles. Um, that you really have to you, be, you have to be in his head, really, to know who has got a chance and who hasn't got a chance. It's, but I think he does it, he does back youth. He really does back youth. And I think I think don't get wrong. I think Castro was signed as an under twenty three player. I think so the story of Castro is he was on trial last season he impressed mm. last season and enough to get a deal basically he's only just signed a deal in the last week or so um, but yeah he was, he, he was it's was. been it's always, It's been agreed for a while that he will join from what I gather I think at the end of last season when I been told him they were going to sign him I think they signed him for the under 23s mm. since then Ismail's come in He's massive on youth development and massive on giving young players a chance. He's been training with the first team. He's really impressed with the first team. And he was very good when he came on at Woking. Of course, it is just Woking with the greatest respect to them, But he was very good. Mm. Um, so the reports I'm hearing from him is that he's, he's doing really, really well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. In, I think he'll be in and around the squad. Yeah. I mean, look... I don't know. Um, if he got five appearances this season, ten that'd be absolutely massive for him, considering where he's come from and the, and. But I don't, I don't know will he do that. I honestly don't know, but he's certainly, he's given himself a chance. Mm. There seems real potential with him.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of fans are excited about him. We get, we yet to see just what he's capable of, but you never know with a young player like that. They can come out of nowhere. Equally, I mean, it, it might not work for him, and then in you know in in two years' time maybe they're considering their options. But regardless, certainly one to keep an eye on, I think. Um, quickly, before we move on, let's talk, talk about Jeremy Peace, Joe, because, I mean, he's been he's been speaking up about this loan, which was what made to his company back in, what, 2014 now?
1: Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, this isn't... Yeah, so it's a bit of a complicated one. I'm sure most Albion fans will know the history to it, but... Yeah, in 2014, Jeremy Peace was owner chairman, and he borrowed 3.7 million pounds from the club. Um, that went into his own company called WBA Holdings. All all this stuff's on the website, um, on the Express to Star website. People have done I've done stories, loads of stories on it in, in the past. Um, the Times had a story on it today. Um, so basically, that loan when Jeremy Peace took out that loan. Um, it, obviously it was a debt. He he owed the club three point seven million pounds. He sold the debt to Gouch and Lai when he sold the club. So mm. Lai basically inherited that loan. So now it's it's not it's not it's Lai has to pay it back, not not peace. Yeah. Um now Albion's majority share uh, my minority shareholders sorry uh, a group called S4 a Gouch and Lai owns eighty eight percent of the club. Twelve percent are owned by Albion's min- minority shareholders. Of the vast majority of those minority shareholders are represented by a group called S4A, they have called for an independent review into the loan and whether it was the right thing for the club to do based on the fact that it's still never been paid, mm-hmm. it's never been paid back and now there's the interest has hit basically five million quid. So that's how much Albion are technically out of pocket um, five million pounds. So. They've called for an investigation. They've been calling for this for years. It has to be said, for years and years and years. Um, they've never really got anywhere until recently, um, when Albion's new chief exec, Ken, agreed to have a meeting with them to discuss it, to, to discuss a commissioner potential review. Those talks, from what I understand, are ongoing. There's a, there's a general meeting at the Hawthorns next month where that that talk about that investigation will that'll be discussed at the meeting uh but the interesting thing today is that yeah pinks has commented for the very first time on it he's stuck to his guns basically saying he, he's never done it, he hasn't done anything wrong and um the, the loan was to, com, taken out at an advantageous rate for albion so it's one to follow um it's an important it, it's, it's an important story it's a really really important story it's just yeah, it just it just can't be I can understand if people switch off a little bit cause it, it but but it is an important story. Mm. Um and we'll see what happens Unfortunately I'm on annual leave. It's just the the meeting was arranged for a different date. I think it was the nineteenth of this month and it got delayed and it got arranged to the meeting to the week where I'm on annual leave. But we're still hopefully the Expression style will still be there if we can get in. Um Matt Mayer is gonna cover it for us, our chief sports writer, so um f- yeah, fingers crossed we'll be at that meeting and we'll get the latest on whether there's going to be a review into that loan.
0: Yeah, one we'll to keep an eye on. Right, let's talk transfers because that's what everyone really wants to know about uh, at this time of the year. Kept um, people waiting,
1: haven't you, mate? 30 minutes in.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've dangled the hook. carrot. Now, 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 now you're going to get all the juicy details. Uh, let's start with Sam Johnston. Um, reports of a £6 million bid from West Ham, which for me... That is that is I mean, is it worth saying that's derisory? I think it's very close to that line.
1: So it was just short of six million pounds, is what I understand. So it wasn't even six million pounds. Yeah, it's worth Uh, five times that. He's worth what?
0: He's worth five times that, but his contract makes him worth worth double that. Obviously, obviously half of that, half of twenty five.
1: Yeah, he's worth so he's worth he's worth. We're basically saying he's worth twelve million pounds, and they're offering six. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean yeah, it's derisory, it's way below market value. Um
0: You can see where West Ham are coming from given that he's available for essentially nothing in a year's time. But
1: I mean I mean as I'm as I'm talking to you now, I haven't seen the latest on Ariola going to West Ham. Is there any latest on that? Uh
0: last I've heard it was a loan with a view to buy, but those are literally just reports.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I think six million is obviously a joke figure. Like this, Obviously, Albion, we're going to reject that out of hand. Um, difficult one. Look, West Ham are probably going to spend pretty big this summer, you'd yeah. imagine. Like, they've been linked with Mateus Pereira, which we'll get on to. They've been linked with Tani Abraham. Are they going to keep Declan Rice? Probably. I don't know if anyone's actually going to stump up 100 million that you'd need to get in, but... It's a difficult one with Johnson. The The market is... West Ham's... The way I would look at it if I was West Ham is do they actually need a number one goalkeeper next season? Yeah. And the answer's probably not. They could probably get away with Fabianski for another year. And therefore, in a COVID market, are they better? The, the Areola deal is... Apparently with the, an option to buy him if he does all right, isn't it? Yeah. So they literally hold all the cards in that. That I mean, that be a, obviously there'll be a loan fee, but they need a keeper. So they pay a loan fee, they take him for a year. If he does well, brilliant, they buy him. If they don't, uh, start again and probably try and get Sam Johnson on a free next year. So you, you can understand why West Ham went low with their offer. Um, but I think six million is a bit too low, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. The issue that, that bugs well, well, I suppose it's not necessarily issue that bugs me is. You can get him for for essentially free, but you'll be paying a signing on fee in the summer. The issue a club like West Ham will have next summer is a lot of people will be eyeing up Sam Johnson for free if yeah. he was to stick around. So then it it becomes harder to sign him.
1: That's the issue, isn't it? Like it's it's it's. it's, it's yeah I agree. it's not we always say this Oh, like and the country thing oh, but they're available on a free next year, and that is true that is true.
0: There's no transfer fee, but there's a signing on fee, which is probably more
1: yeah but but there's no guarantee you're gonna get that player next year, is there there's no guarantee yeah like
0: well you you've you've already you're already playing you know you're already in backtracking because you uh, after six months you could go to a foreign club for free,
1: yeah and obviously football's so like fluid isn't it you just don't know what's going to happen like look if I said to you two months ago Man United are going to sign Tom Heaton would you have believed me
0: yeah there'd have have been question marks
1: Um, so you just never know in football what's going to happen so the only way West Ham can guarantee to get Sam Johnston really is to pay the fee they want this summer Mm. because they could turn around and say to him we really want you will you sign for us next year for free Sam Johnston's going to go yeah um And what what happens? Valerianis Mal takes Albion up the record points hall and gets the job as Tottenham manager after Nuno as a disaster, and buys Sam (laughs) Johnston because he was so good for him. Like you just don't know anything can happen, can not it? Yeah. So it's 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 true. Like he is a free agent next year, but at the same time, if you want him, you got to if you want him, you got to pay for him. Um. So yeah, six million is a joke i i think if i think I think twelve millions the right fee for Johnston this summer. that yeah. probably means you'd have to concede at ten you just yeah. have to concede um so if West Ham came in with an eight million pound bid, you could sort of see what what they were because no you obviously always go sort of low, don't you for your opening bid
0: mm.
1: but Six million, yeah. I mean, I'll be no choice but to reject that out of hand. It's not even... Yeah, you can't even carry on the conversation, really, can you?
0: Nah. I mean, not unless unless West Ham are like, OK, fair enough, we'll come in with eight. But the, the, the thing that I'm seeing as well now, you've seen reports today of, of Arsenal being linked with a £30 million move for Aaron Ramsdale. We talked about this off-air before, and we're going to talk about it on-air now. I don't get why they're not going for Sam Johnson. Because you can pay, get him for less than half the amount of thirty million, for sure. Let's be honest. And he's a better goalkeeper than than Ramsdale and probably Burn Leno as well.
1: If I was Arsenal, I'd buy him. I'd be all over him. Hundred percent, I'd buy him for ten million quid or whatever. We're saying oh, I'd definitely buy him. I'd definitely buy him. I wouldn't. Ram. The thing that I said to you offer The thing that surprised me about Ramsay is just how young he is. There is a chance that in five years' time, when Ramsdale is Johnson's age, he's going to be a hell of a goalkeeper.
0: Or he could be another Jack Butland.
1: Yeah, he could, but like you, like people. you rolling like, the. I think you're rolling the dice yeah, on Ramsdale. People like Ed, Edu and Mikel Arteta are paid an awful lot of money to make those to get those decisions right, aren't they? They must, like they must see something in him to believe that he can to believe that he's worth that amount of money. Look, I think I I would be surprised if any football fan really was paying if you had the option to pay thirty million for Ramsdale or twelve for Johnson, I'd be amazed who paid thirty million for Ramsdale, I really would. Yeah. I mean he was I mean, categorically like he was behind Johnson in the England packing order. Yeah. So there's not really any question as to who's the better goalkeeper at this moment in time. Be a great move for him, Arsenal.
0: Oh, it'd be a brilliant move.
1: Um, for him. Yeah. Who knows? I see how I like that is. Weird, isn't it? It's still so long to go and stuff. And
0: You never know. Sheffield United might say, no, we value him at 40. And then they go, well, we're not paying that. And then we'll move on to another target. And then Sam Johnson's suddenly there for 12.
1: There's also been no... Am I right in saying there's been no big moves yet?
0: Wendia went to Villa... Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I mean, it was thirty-three million quid.
1: Yeah, it's thirty-three million quid. But like, there's always a knock-on with transfers, isn't there? Like,
0: yeah. Well, what? we saw the knock-on with that because then Norwich went and spent what eight million on Milo Rashitsa. Yeah, yeah. Just but we yet feel to like see anything's the big really one.
1: happened yet. Like in terms of, I mean, Sancho, I suppose, but even that, that's not confirmed, is it?
0: No, it's. I I imagine the big one would be say a Harry Kane.
1: Yeah, but I think that's far from guaranteed yeah. to happen. So, in a couple of weeks, things will start picking up.
0: Well, It's crazy because in a in a couple of weeks, you, you you're on the eve of the start of the season.
1: You are on the start eve of the start of the season, but it's always the way, isn't it? It's always it's always it's always deadline day chaos. It's it's just always the way. It's it's always the way things go. Yeah. Um, more trans more transfers will happen. In the two weeks leading up to deadline day than will in the next two and a half weeks leading up to the season.
0: Yeah. I don't think you're wrong at all. Um, Mateus Pereira. We haven't seen him in pre-season. Now, is this the club protecting an asset or is it potentially the player saying, I don't want to risk scupper a move?
1: I think it's both. Um, well, I'm pretty... Well, yeah. From what I understand, I'm pretty confident it's both. Mm. Um, so this is like this is a problem when like I mean this is me being critical of the media and sort of social so social media and the media not just not just social media but every everything is a is a headline is a snippet is a is it's dramatic we, I think we spoke about it on, the, on the on the podcast last week and there's lots of sort of rumors going around Pereira's down tools and he's refusing to play um, and all this that and the other and and and. Yeah, that that that's what happens in these situations. You get no, nothing. Everything has to be that dramatic, doesn't it? On on Twitter and in and and in a lot of a lot of journalists write that way. Everything has, everything has especially some of the tabloids. Everything has to be that sort of eye catching, that headline grabbing, that um, just that sensationalist really. And I think what is that? What what I say is so often, but what what is. What I think is actually, these are human beings. And and, and I always say this, football is a lot less dramatic and exciting as you think. It's just like working anywhere else, really, these footballers. They have conversations and stuff. Um, I would imagine, I don't know, I don't know, but I would imagine, we know Pereira wants to leave. Of course he wants to leave. One, he's a Premier League player. Two, if he goes to the Premier League, he'll probably double his money. Mm. Um, Valerian Ismail has said he expects him to leave. He's basically planning for without him. Um, and look, if Albion want to sell him, we know we've done a couple. I've done a piece earlier this week about the finance state of the finances, about all this, the, the explaining the competitive budget and this, that, and the other. Albion's transfer budget is going to be significantly different if Mateus Pereira wants to. If, if Mateus Pereira is sold, mm. so Albion want to sell him. Pereira wants to go. I think what's probably happened is. Pereira Ismail is on record, can I just state this first of all? Ismail is on record as saying Pereira's training really well. Okay? Yeah. So he said, no problems with him in training whatsoever. That's that's from what and from what I'm told from other people, Pereira is training really well. What I think will have happened is Ismail and Pereira have probably sat down in Ismail's office and they've said, look, Pereira's probably said, look. I don't really want to play these friendlies behind closed doors and against Woken or whatever because I don't read really it. Like, I see my future elsewhere. I don't want to get injured. Ismail's probably gone. Look, we're happy to sell you. Once we get an offer in the region of £30 million, you're free to walk out the door. Mm. I could do with that money. Let's just sit you out these first couple of friendlies. And I would imagine what they've done is they've probably earmarked a friendly. Where they know by that point if Pereira hasn't left, he's got to start playing games. He can't. Yeah. He can't just go through the whole of pre-season. He can't just not play. It, it, I mean, it's not going to be good for for him to get his move. No, no club's going to want him if he hasn't featured at all since the end of last season. Um, so I, I would. There's definitely. There's. There definitely. He has been kept out of the team because of his future is likely to be elsewhere. That's definitely the case, and I'm sure Pereira doesn't want to as thought it's as, as his, in his best interest not to play in those games but also I think Albion have thought it's in their best interest for him not to play those games I'd imagine there's been an agreement and a friendly identified where they'll say look if we haven't accepted a bid by that point look we'll bring you on for the last 20 minutes half hour of that game or whatever and then you maybe start the next one um, as we build you up to the season because at the end at some point he's got to play and that's just it sounds a bit boring but like they're adults. Do you know what I mean? They're they're, they're adults. Like Pereira's an adult. Ismail's an adult. Everyone, Albion are adults. It, it's just you have to have these conversations. So like when I think like when people say down tools or this that and the other, it's just not. It's a good headline. Yeah. And it sa- and it sounds dramatic on Twitter. Um, uh, it's just not that dramatic in real life. It'll just been a reasoned, sensible conversation between two people probably. Yeah.
0: For me, it's it's almost a carbon, a carbon copy of the situation sighted Benrahma was in last season. In terms of, he did really well, impressed, obviously not in the Premier League for the upcoming season. Could it be a case where he plays a couple of the games, deadline day, he starts to approach, and then a team, I mean, he went to West Ham, but uh, Benrahma, I mean, but a team like West Ham or Everton or, say, a Leeds think, okay, we need a little bit more, he's available in in our price range, around 25, 30 million, let's pull the trigger now. And then Albin say, yeah, fair enough.
1: Yeah, 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 I think it'd be something, yeah, like, yeah. Similar situation, I agree.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's talk about potential incomings. Trevor Chalaber, sorry, uh, any update on him? is one which seems to have gone a little bit quiet.
1: From what I gather, he's just got so many options. Mm. Um, there's definitely been contact between Albion and his representatives probably it's been made clear what financial package um, Albion could offer him from what I understand the conversations have gone well like they've been Trevor Chalobah certainly hasn't gone I'm not joining Albion um, like there's been <laughs> like um, positive discussions I think yeah, do I expect him to be an Albion player? I'm not sure. I think there's Premier League interest. Footballers are obsessed with being in the Premier League. Um, will he go to, I think he's been linked to Palace, as the latest one. I know, from what I'm told, Brentford are definitely in for him. Mm. He's got a host of interest abroad. He obviously did well in France last season at Laurent. Yeah. Um, apparently, Bundesliga clubs are after him, which just wouldn't surprise you because German clubs are really sort of into buying young English talent now, aren't they? Yeah. Um, from what I gather, I think you'd rather stay in England. So, I, I think, I think probably, if I'm being honest, I think Albion have got an offer on the table, but I'm not. Sure, but yeah, I, I don't know. Whatever, if he's got more, if he, if he's probably, if whatever offers he's got, and he might get a more appealing one. Yeah. To him. Based on the fact that he might get off a of Premier League footballer, maybe like the chance to stay in London, which of course is where he's from.
0: Yeah, that's why Brentford seems as for me. If I had to put money down on where he ends up, I'd probably say Brentford.
1: Yeah, Brentford or potentially Palace. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Any other names that you can uh, maybe include in a, as a podcast exclusive? No no. No,
1: no, 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 I haven't. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't give them away as a podcast. So i would write a story first.
0: Oh no, you would. I know you would. Um, all right, shall we get into questions?
1: Um, yeah, I feel like that transfer section's been a bit disappointing, that.
0: Yeah, well, people are going to be let down, but it is what it is, mate. It is uh, what it is.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it is just to caveat that. Obviously, I'll be in a in a position where we don't quite know what budget they're going to be working towards. They're yeah. still in this position where, if obviously if they sell Pereira and Johnson, they're going to have a lot more money than if they don't. So. Um,
0: if Pereira goes next week, I'm I'm fairly certain the transfer segment of the podcast next time round will be more uh, exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. Alright, First question comes from Benjamin. How? Um, it'd be great to get your opinions on younger players and what you've seen. Ingram, Hickman, Tulak, Richards. Could they deputise in the championship?
1: Okay. So based on the conversation I had earlier today. From what I understand is Ismail really likes Gardner Hickman. Mm. Um which is interesting because obviously he did sort of force his way in um towards the end of last season anyway. And I think he could be an option as cover for Townsend at left wing back. Um which is interesting. I thought I was pretty certain Albion would buy there. Mm. They buy some cover for Townsend. But pretend... We'll have to see how it goes. We'll have to <laughs> see how it goes, and maybe it's one where sort of goes later in the window. Garden Hickman gets a couple of gets the odd little cameo in the championship, and see how he does in the role there. I'm not sure, but mm. he seems to be the one. He seems. Well, he's, he's, he's he's certainly a player catching the eye. He's doing well in training, apparently. Mm. Um, what were the other ones? Ethan Ingram, yeah, he's he's very highly thought of, but I I, I thought he struggled a bit at Woking. Yeah. Um. Obviously, castrated well.
0: Tulloch Richards.
1: Oh, Tullock! I really like. I really like Tullock. Mm. Um. He's got he's got like that wonderful close control. Uh, like, like the ball just looks like it's stuck to his feet. He looks really. he, he looks a real smashing player to me could could he benefit from a loan potentially obviously went out on loan last season basically got injured in the first game or for second game and missed the whole season so a season in League 1 I don't think would be a disaster for Tullock. but I think he's a, he's got potential mm. um, yeah he looks a real sort of live wire I like, I like, I like the look of him um, Rico Richards for me all the potential in the world probably just a little bit too young yeah. he's very very young Um but there's no doubt about it, he's he's a bright, pros- he's a bright prospect.
0: Yeah. Uh, Clint McCormick, isn't it crazy that QPR at home was less than a year ago? Does it seem like a lifetime ago for you guys as well? With tomorrow being the anniversary, can you tell us some stories or scenes from the day that you were privy to that we weren't? That does seem crazy that Albion got promoted to the Premier League less than a year ago.
1: That is crazy. Oh, that, does, that is actually
0: crazy. It re really, like when I read the question I was like surely not and but, but no. So this yeah. time last year it was this
1: time last year, that is crazy, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. It feels like two it feels like two years ago.
0: It really does, doesn't it? Uh obviously I w I, I wasn't that. there, so I wasn't really privy to anything that fans weren't. One thing I can tell you is so I did we were doing watch alongs then. Um I did. I let off like a party popper, like a big party popper when, when Albion got promoted. I found the last piece of that party popper, like the last bit of confetti, just two weeks ago and got rid of it. <laughs> they go everywhere. Sounds Have you ever like, let one of them
1: off? That says a lot for your cleaning skills, mate.
0: Honestly, like I was finding them tucked behind like a wardrobe. I've got like behind me, I've kind of got like a kind of like a bookcase. I found one at the back of the bookcase two weeks ago. I'm sure the room is clean now, but but yeah, that one hung around.
1: we I can't believe that's a year ago. I can't believe a year ago Slaven Bilic was manager. It feels like he left forever ago. Yeah, and Eze I mean? scored
0: that absolute worldie in that game, didn't he?
1: He was fantastic that night. Yeah, he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, well, he's a great player. Isn't he? Um, yeah, there's not a lot of stories really from that. I mean, I I can handle it. I was a proper struggle to write. I was right on the edge of my seat. It was really, really... It was such an uncomfortable evening.
0: You're watching results elsewhere as well, aren't you? That's the killer.
1: And then... Obviously, like, Barnsley scored late. I could just remember Billich throwing Carl Bartley up front. Yeah. And <laughs> Albion just absolutely throwing men forward. And then Barnsley must have scored or something. And Billich was shouting, Barnsley has scored. Get back, get back, get back. <laughs> and then yeah then I remember just the players like walk running across the pitch because all the fans were outside weren't they Mm. like they weren't supposed to turn up but they did I remember the players like running out of the tunnel if you like and running across the pitch and up the stairs in the stadium and out the stand so they could get out to the fans yeah that was pretty cool um yeah and just like yeah yeah the emotion of it all
0: yeah bizarre situation when you look back at it um uh, Joe asks, there seems to be a lot of rotation between Button and Palmer. Which one do you reckon will be number one?
1: <sighs> impossible to say.
0: It's a Absol- good question, that.
1: Absolutely impossible to say. Would you say, at the moment, Button's got an advantage because he, he sort of played in the first team, when the, in the friendlies? Yeah. Like, he, he's got the nod to start the games, whereas, obviously, Palmer's been introduced at half-time in all the games. And then in every friendly there's a raft of changes isn't there so yeah P- Button's got more time behind what you behind Albion's first choice centre-backs so if he's going to develop that relationship then he's been given it's still a long way to go though a lot of games to go um, the truth is I mean that Woken he barely he didn't have a save to make he didn't have a save to make did they so mm-hmm. um yeah this button is vastly more experienced, really. Yeah. At this level, so I think you, if you're putting money on it, you'd go for him. But who knows? It might be Johnson.
0: TBD, I think. To be determined.
1: To be determined.
0: yeah um Dan Nash, do you expect Albion to push for the maximum value on Johnson and Pereira and drag that through the window if necessary, or do you think the club are eager to sell for less in order to have enough cash to go for other targets
1: um like i think it's, a, it's it's a middle ground really yeah, like a middle ground to that so I think you could I think you could probably use the word that eager to sell I think that like that probably more so in Pereira's case um they're certainly not going to stand in their way if they get a reasonable offer, but they. But but at the same time, they don't have to sell. This is this is the key to it. Yeah. Um, a lot of people saying they have to sell to buy. They like they 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 don't they don't have to sell to buy, and that's like a, basically a hell of a lot of clubs in the championship do have to sell to buy. That well not. A lot of the clubs have to sell, sell, sell to be able to buy. They have to sell to balance the books. Albin mm. gets to balance the books because of parachute payments, basically. Um, so, yeah, that that it, it, it yeah they're, they're caught between a rock and a hard place really. In one way, Alpin because because they, they, they don't have to sell, they're they're not going to sell for less than what than than what they want for them. Yeah, I would say. In my opinion, if it got very late in the window, I reckon you could get probably Johnson for 10 million and Pereira for 25. Yeah. That would be the lowest they'd sell either for either. I'm basing that on absolutely nothing. But I, I would think that's under market value for both players. And I think both, any team buying those players for that price would be getting a good deal. Yeah. But I think Albion do want to sell. But but there's absolutely no way in a million years they're going to be held to ransom just because they're not, they don't have to be held to ransom. They're not, they don't they will be fine because of the parachute payments. Yeah. It changes their transfer strategy, but in terms of actually paying the bills, they can do that. And I'm not sure a lot of clubs in the championship can, to be honest.
0: Mm. Yeah, I agree with you there. All Albion fans, do you know when Sam Johnson is back in training and do you expect him to carry on as our number one if it, for as long as he remains at the club. So say first game of the season Sam Johnson's still about do you start Sam Johnson?
1: Um, yeah so I, I don't know when he's actually back but what I've been told is so all, all England players got were are like entitled to 3 weeks off for yeah. getting against that final. From what I'm told Sam's not taking. he's not going to take his 3 weeks. He is coming back early. Um like halfway through or something he's just going he to he's not going to he is going to be back he is going to be back early basically um, I don't know the exact date but he's coming back early uh, yeah for me if Sam Johnson's at the club he, he plays mm. um, yeah I just he's yeah he, yeah he's that good and he'll never he'll never let you down he'll be in the best possible yeah I think he plays
0: Far less likely a player like a, a goalkeeper gets injured as well in a game. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, WBA Max, if you could ask Val one question and get an entirely honest answer, what would you ask and why?
1: I don't know, you put me on the spot there.
0: I'd just ask him who's on his transfer shortlist because I just want to know.
1: Ah, oh, that's the right answer, isn't it?
0: Yeah, you can ask him about exactly how much money he's got to spend as well. Yeah. Wouldn't do the club any favours as they reporting that. Here are the players Albion are interested in and this is how much money they've got. So, right, okay, every other club now knows.
1: Yeah, you'd go... Yeah, who are your transfer targets? So, I'd ask him, who are your transfer targets? Who's, in this order, who are your transfer targets? How much money have you got to spend? What do you... What are you... Are you what? Are, what is your actual... Would you be happy with this season? Mm. Like, what is your, what have you been targeted to achieve this season? Yeah. Um. And then I'd ask him if he reads and listens or watches any of our stories, videos, or <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> because Billich did.
0: Oh uh, yeah, Billich. I don't think Big Sam did. Do you thing. think? No, I don't reckon. I reckon he was too. He's just the type of guy who, was, who isn't bothered by that kind of stuff. Not that uh, Billich was, but I think Billich would be more interested.
1: Sam once said, "I mean, look, I, I, I would be shocked if anyone listened." But like we do know, Charlie Austin listened.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, we know that.
1: Um, and Sam once said something in a presser, but I was, that he said he he read in the media. That I'm 90%, I was the only person who said it, and I said it on this podcast. He wasn't happy about it, but he didn't. He didn't. So I think that was. But you never know, you never know. Neither was you know. Charlie
0: Austin, mate, let's be honest. No, I thought, yeah,
1: we're not going into that. But yeah, 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 yeah. So you never, yeah. But it's much better for me if he doesn't read and listen.
0: Yeah, if you ever bump into us in the street and ask us, we might tell you what, what, what some of them said, but it's not it's not for publication, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, there's one off incident
1: with Charlie Austin, yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, who was a mystery striker Joe mentioned last week asks Callum WBA and if it and if you was to guess who would be Alvin Stryker this season who would it be are you willing to say no keeping it quiet yet again
1: it's a name that has been actually out there in some places to be fair um, but without sounding a bit arrogant I think if I said it, it would add more weight to it. Yeah. Does that sounds bigger. I don't mean it sounds bigger. It's just, yeah. Um... Yes, yeah, so I'm not saying that. I like, it if, it's, if it if that uh, like it's so far from doing being anything that it's not worth doing anything on. Like if it if it progresses, then obviously I would. Yeah. Um... Oh, we had this conversation last week. So we don't know who to sign. Do we? we? Don't know who to sign up front. I said Keith and Moore. I'd be happy with them yeah um yeah
0: just get an unbydian type back in,
1: yeah like you told football Fancast or whatever
0: i think I think the club wouldn't turn it down, you know i I mean that's mm. literally my thoughts on it if if he was available and was willing to play, I think the club would be happy to have him for the right price.
1: Yeah, for, yeah. But, but, I mean, you'd imagine whatever fee he would cast, Albion would about to have sold Pereira or Johnston first. Yeah, um, I'd take the anger. Of course, you would.
0: He was unfortunate. He I, was still unfortunate. Think, I still think he was unfortunate. He was, ah, he had he was so many marginal offside calls against him. He had one where he was onside. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it called against him.
1: Um, that was against Southampton.
0: Yeah, absolutely robbed that day. He was. Still got the still got the result though, didn't they?
1: Interestingly, on um, Wolves, see that Lager, whatever his name is, Larga, whatever his name is, Bruno Lager. Bruno Lager. he plays the exact same formation. Well, not the exact same formation because every manager does things differently. But he plays a similar system to what Ralph Hasenhüttl plays at Southampton.
0: Yeah, four four two, but like them, two. but four
1: two 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 two, yeah. two two two, and that system got massively found out last season. I think. Uh, second spoken. half of the
0: season is certainly did at Southampton.
1: Really, everyone I've spoken to with Southampton persuasion is like, can't believe Hassan Hasenhüttl hasn't got a plan B. Like, yeah, they've been sussed. So I'm a bit so. Yeah, misery down I've, the Molyneux. Looking I've, forward to
0: it. I think Southampton might be. Um, you might see a down year from Southampton this season. I think they could they could maybe struggle because Ings looks like he's on the way out.
1: Yeah, if they lose Ings.
0: God yeah. forbid Ward-Prowse goes as well. Just saying. Mm. Dean asks, has Callum Robinson got an injury or do you think he won't figure much under Valerian Ishmael?
1: No, he played yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah, he came on yesterday. Um, there, was some so- there was actually some talk of him picking up a bit of a knock while away with Ireland. Mm. Um, I haven't had that confirmed though, actually. But yeah, I think there was some talk of a knock so maybe, that, maybe they're just easing him in a little bit more gently because of that. But yeah, he, but he played yesterday. Mm. Um. So yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. I'm sure Callum Robinson's going to have a real big role to play this season.
0: Yeah, I imagine he will as well. Kevin Saunders, given the lack of money in football currently, do you think we will get any serious bids for Johnson and Pereira? If not, where do we stand? I, I don't think it's it's... I can still see a season where Pereira remains at the club, you know.
1: Yeah, I think this is interesting in the sense that I think any other year if COVID hadn't happened I think Albion getting the fee they want for him wouldn't be an issue.
0: Mm.
1: I think someone somewhere would pay it particularly in Europe um, but there's no money in Europe there's very little money in Europe um, and that's made that's it, the, the, the market for Pereira is so drastically reduced compared to what it would have been in previous years. Mm. Um, it's interesting So obviously in the last 24 hours we've had these like links to Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany and West Ham West Ham is, according to some sources are now like leading the chase for Pereira based on the fact that they're not going to get um, who is it Jesse Lingard
0: yeah apparently Jared Bowen's being eyed up by Liverpool as well
1: Bowen's being eyed up by Liverpool
0: Apparently, it's just one report. Really? He's been eyed up. I don't think, I don't, I I think for them, it would require them to get rid of like a Shakiri or an Origi. But apparently, they like the look of him.
1: I'd be, um, well, I think Bowen's a good player, but I don't even think he's Liverpool good.
0: Would you take him over Shakiri? I think I would, you know. I think Bowen gives you a little bit more than Shakiri.
1: I've was quite like Shaqiri. I think he's alright. Um, but if he was to go, then... Though. Yeah, if he was to go. I mean, if I was in, I'd be going. Um, that is interesting, I didn't know that. Yeah, look, West Ham's... Po- that's what's happened in the last 24 hours, isn't it? Someone in Brazil has said West Ham and... Eintracht Frankfurt are in for him. I'd, I'm... I mean, I literally wrote the day before, I'd be surprised if Pereira and Johnson don't start the season with Albion.
0: Mm.
1: It's been a, it does appear there's a bit more interest in Pereira the last 24 hours. Um, but we start the season, is it two weeks on Friday? Yeah. Yeah, two weeks on Friday. Um,
0: that is crazy, it just sneaks up on you so quick.
1: So, Yeah. I think they will go. I know people who think they'll stay though. Yeah. Um, I personally think they'll go. I think they'll probably go late. It, it wouldn't surprise me to see either them play in the championship this season.
0: Yeah, I, but, I agree with you.
1: But I think I, I I think by the end of the window they'll be gone.
0: Fair enough, Doctor Strange. What do you reckon will be the starting lineup for Bournemouth? I'm going to say it's going to be 3-4-3. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a given really.
0: Johnston, three defenders will be Bartley, Ajayi, Clark, Furlong, Livermore, Mowat, Townsend, Garner, unnamed striker, Grant. Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll just do exactly the same as you but I'll I'll say Phillips instead of the unnamed striker.
0: You don't think they'll get a striker in 4 the season?
1: Probably. Well, like, I don't know, is the honest answer, but I think it will rumble on, I do. Albion always... Look, traditionally, Albion do their business late. Maybe that's changed now. Luke Dowling's not at the club, but obviously they've done well to get Moat and Clark in early. But I think everything... Ismail obviously knows what strikers he wants. He's obviously got a list of two or three strikers who he will really, really want. And obviously, he'll know exactly what they'll cost or what loan fee they'll have to pay or whatever they will have to get them. Everything's a knock-on effect. Those players won't leave until their clubs have signed someone. Albion are going to get more money probably later in the window when either Johnson or Pereira go. So I think it's just a long way to go, I do. Hmm.
0: Um Yeah. Fair enough. Max, if you're if you're still recording and get a chance to read this, which we have, do you think the club will be aiming for a higher cup placement than we've seen in recent years now that we're focusing on this new identity?
1: So that's a good question. I don't know. I, 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 but I promise I'll ask a question. Um Like a big bugbear bear in mind. Clubs don't go for cuts, talked about it before. Mm. I'm not as bothered when teams are in the championship because I think obviously your aim is to get up. The other thing with it is they're gonna press so relentlessly that does that mean he will rest them when he's got the opportunity? I think it probably does. Yeah. Because there's probably like gonna be a fear anyway that Albion starts to tire towards the end of the season. So I think you would probably take that opportunity to rest them while you can. Yeah. I'd imagine. I'd say so. Yeah.
0: Don't be shocked if you don't see any cup progress this season, I'd say.
1: But if that frustrates you, I feel your pain. Yeah. Because I really want them to have a go for it in the cup. Yeah.
0: couple more. Andy Reid, any idea how Romain Sawyers looked in the team against Sheffield Wednesday? Did he look like he could have a place?
1: I um, don't know because it's playing closed doors but what I will say about Romain is he's without doubt the best ball player midfielder Albion have got yeah um, like he is um, so for that reason I definitely think he's got a role to play
0: mm. Lee Fletcher the philosophy the new manager is applying to the first team is that also being applied to the youth squads too
1: I don't know, I don't know. Last time I spoke to Ismail, he said he was conducting a review, didn't he? Into the, into the whole, and and really like looking at the youth team. Mm. That'd be interesting to know whether like Dion Burton, under-23s will be under instruction to play the same way, and to press with the same intensity. Because if Ismail, Ismail will give young players a chance. So if he's going to call someone up to, if there's a raft of injuries in February and he needs a, to call a youth player in. Basically, they're going to need to be at the fitness levels and be able to play at the same intensity that the first team do. So it would yeah. be very logical for them to do that, I would say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely a question worth asking.
0: Yeah. Uh, last one. A couple of people have asked Baz and Jack Griffiths. Any idea on when the away kit is out?
1: Oh, I've got no idea. Sorry. No. You don't
0: care about kits, Joe, do you? No. Um. You never know, it could be debuted at one of these at these games. You don't you just don't know. Uh, but I am looking forward to seeing it.
1: Oh they tend to do that actually, don't they? They tend to do it on um Yeah, they do tend to do that. Yeah. Um Yeah.
0: Maybe blues. Maybe. I'm just thinking of when there could be a potential kick clash.
1: Do you want that teaser? Can I give you a little transfer teaser? Oh go on. It's a question for you.
0: You've left it one hour and ten minutes in, but okay.
1: What's been the most expensive transfer in a championship so far?
0: This season. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I'm trying to. I can't even think of many, like big ones. I bet it'll be something like 1.5 million.
1: There's somebody who cost two million. Who? Do you not. Are you not cottoned on yet?
0: Oh, Valerian Ishmael.
1: Yeah, do you know what? I think that's a genuine chance. He'll be the biggest transfer this summer.
0: Really, two <laughs> million <laughs> quid. Right?
1: So. No, I think it could happen. I think it could happen between between like two championship clubs. Definitely, he could be the biggest transfer. Yeah.
0: Oh wow! I think there's
1: a real chance that could happen. I'm not saying Albion won't spend four million on a striker from the Premier League. You know I mean? I'm not saying. Yeah, you're Abby just strictly
0: spend... strictly talking Championship to yeah, Championship.
1: Yeah, Championship to Championship. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the biggest fee someone pays in the Championship, and that's the biggest fee. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all.
0: How times have changed.
1: Interesting, though, isn't that it, that it's the manager?
0: Yeah, uh, but mind you, most important man at the football club.
1: I agree, mate. I agree.
0: Yeah. Uh, right, that just about does us, mate, unless you've got anything else to add in.
1: No, mate, so it's going to be a while until we we'll do our next one. It's going to be like 10 days. It'll be a week on Monday, so it'll be another 10 days. So it's ten. Oh, no, we did one last Wednesday, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be 10 days.
0: So 10 days from Monday. Or a week on Monday.
1: No, a week on Monday.
0: A week on Monday, there you go. So uh, let me just nail down the date, which will be... Oh, crikey, crikey it's going to be... August 2nd? 2nd. Well, we'll, the we, we'll be previewing
1: yeah, the Bournemouth game. Bournemouth. Yeah, it's a week leaving that to Bournemouth, yeah. Wow. Literally, there'll be a game four days later. That's crazy, isn't
0: it? It's, I mean, how quickly is that snuck up on everyone?
1: I got a stag do this weekend, a weekend down with my family, then another stag do, and then back to you on the Monday.
0: Oh, yeah, but that Friday night, mate, it's going to be mental.
1: What, in Bournemouth? Yeah. <laughs> Is it? I mean, plans? we might get we
0: might get a Mackey's out of the game. That's pretty mental.
1: Yeah, like, well, it's not mental for us. We have a lot of McDonald's.
0: Yeah, but we'll be able to sit inside it.
1: Yeah, rock and roll.
0: Yeah, the life of a football journalist. Right. Um, thanks, as ever, for anyone for in, tuning in. Uh, if you could give us a rating and a review on your preferred podcasting platform that would be really appreciated but from myself and from mr massey until the 2nd of august a fond farewell